All right, guys, with us tonight on the Files Core, another big interview. This guy, back in the 80s, back in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, what a career he had at Clemson. He was All-American in 86. He was All-ACC at 86. He is a two-time Super Bowl champion with the San Francisco 49ers. With us tonight on the Files Core is former Clemson Tiger, San Francisco 49er, Mr. Terrence Flagler. Welcome to the show, Mr. Flagler. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of surreal to me to be able to talk to you guys. When I every time I do an interview, I'm thinking like, you know, why I watched it and, and watching you in college, especially you know, with Clemson playing the in the ACC and and then your time with for San Francisco. And I'm thinking about, it, I said, I'm interviewing this guy I used to watch on TV. It's kind of surreal to do it, but appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to do this. Oh, thanks. Appreciate All right. it. All right. You, growing up, I'm sure you were a football fan. Who who were you? Who was your team? Who did you pull for when you were growing up? Growing up as, as far as college or? or oh, college and pro. Or, or, well, college, uh, you know, growing up in Florida, um, I used to watch a lot of the uh, Georgia-Florida games, you know. Right. And uh, um, I had uh, Rick Stockstill who played at Florida State. Now he's the head coach at North Tennessee State, but, you know, for a while he coached at Clemson for, for, for many years and was the recruiting coordinator. Yeah, we went to the same high school. His father was my head coach in high school for two years. Okay. So I became um, a Clemson fan once his brother went to Clemson Jeff Stocksdale played on the national championship team. And then also there was someone from my hometown, uh, O'Neill Tyler, who played for Clemson in the 70s. Okay. So uh, I was uh, became a Clemson fan back then, you know, uh, in the late 70s. Um, and uh, I always liked the teams that had running backs. So <laughs> early on, yeah, right, early on I was, of course, uh, when Pitt had Dorsett, yeah, you know, I became I was a Pitt fan. Yeah, when uh, when, <laughs> you know, and um, uh, I liked um, you know, when Archie Griffin was running through the Big Ten, Ohio State. I liked to watch him when I was Ohio State, you know, and uh, and same with the NFL. You know, I kind of followed you know Tony Dorsett once he went to Dallas. Oh yeah, you know, whenever Dallas was playing, I watched Tony D and. You know, and then once I was in college, just really uh, loved watching the Raiders because they had Marcus Allen, you know, and of course Dickerson with the Rams. So I don't know if I was really like loyal to one team. You just pull, uh, you I just pull for the running backs. I pulled, <laughs> yeah, I pulled <laughs> for the running backs, right? Man, I, let me ask you this: So you talk about Dickerson? Is there anybody that looked so it looked as smooth as Eric Dickerson, as big as that guy was? to be as fast as he was and look as smooth as he did running the ball. I remember when he his first year I watched him and I was like, man, where did this guy come? I mean, I knew he had a big career at SMU, but gosh, you didn't see, you know, back then you didn't have as much football on TV, but when he, he got to the NFL on Sundays with the Rams, I was like, man, where did this guy come from? He's big and fast. Yeah, he, Eric, he run by you and you wouldn't hear his feet hitting the ground. <laughs> I, I've never seen anyone that big with that speed, and his feet were the soft as they were. 
But, you know, he was a world-class sprinter coming out of high school at C.E. Texas. I mean, he's a legitimate sprinter. You know, he won uh, the 100 um, two years in a row in the state of Texas. So he, he was a legitimate sprinter coming out of high school. And, and he could just go. I mean, he's, imagine um, if C.J. Spiller or Etienne or Travis Etienne was 6'3", 220 pounds. Exactly. I mean that was that, that was that, that, that was the total package. Like, you know? That was the total right. package. Right. But all right, growing in high school, was there any other sports you did besides football? I was pretty good in basketball. I, I had a decent basketball game. You know, uh, um, I did okay. I did okay with that. I uh, excelled. I was a two sport guy, so you know, I was I was proud of that. You know, uh, now in the ACC level. You know, right. <laughs> I, I, I love to watch it, you know, I love to watch it, you know, especially back then. Um, oh, yeah, back then, wow. that was the best time for ACC oh, basketball. Uh, the guards that year, those years in the ACC, you know, Grayson Marshall was a Clemson great basketball player. I remember right? him. I remember uh, him. Yeah, and, and we're still friends. He lives down in Florida now. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, he lives in Jacksonville. It's a small world. You know, there's a lot of Tiger fans in, in Florida, you know. Uh, Clemson always has recruited Florida well. Yeah. But uh, Grayson, I used to tease him when we were in college, uh, and that's when we used to eat. Uh, we all eat together. And I used to tell him, say, man, you don't get a break, do you? You know, one week it was, it was Kenny Smith, and the <laughs> next week it was Mark Price, and the next week it was Muggsy Bogues. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, I mean it, that back then that was the ACC, no doubt, was the top by far the top conference in basketball. And I mean, I've I've interviewed some uh, some ACC. Matter of fact, I entered I interviewed Danny Ferry. I don't know if you remember him from Duke. I interviewed him yeah. a couple of days ago, and he he was making that comment about how basketball for the ACC back then, you know, that was the top time for bas- college basketball. They it was every night. There was no easy games in the ACC. Oh, it wasn't. I mean, it was unbelievable. When you think of, um, I think, uh, and then the, the, the coaches as well. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Brazil had, you know, they had uh, Adrian Blanche, Keith Gatlin, um, Lynn Bias. I mean, Jesus Christ. And then um, uh, North Carolina State. With uh, Jimmy V, Valdano, oh, yeah. and those guys, you know, uh, um, Lorenzo Charles, Cozell McQueen, of course, and you had um, Wittenberg, Wittenberg, Sidney Lowe, Thurl Bailey. And then, you know, yeah, and, and Bobby Clemens at, at Georgia Tech with Price, Sally, Dow, Wimple. Oh, man. I think, you know, Bobby Clemens, Bobby Clemens had a run. Yeah, I think it was like four out of five years he had the ACC freshman of the year. Yep, yep. He just was unbelievable recruiting, and, and that was at the beginning when Coach K really started getting good together. That that Danny Ferry class. Um, Johnny Dawkins, Mark uh, Allery. Johnny uh, Dawkins, geez. yeah, and, and Tommy Amaker. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, so you're talking, really, you're talking right up my alley now, bud. That was that was back when I had that, I could not start watching ACC basketball until I got that magazine. And back when they had magazines, that ACC basketball handbook, I had to buy it every year. Oh yeah. And I I, I read it cover to cover. I knew all the guys like uh, from from Clemson to Duke. I knew all of them, and I listened on the radio for it because we didn't have you know cable where I lived back then. But you you know right. that was the best time. For college basketball, yeah, it was unbelievable. And I remember we, the guys, we stayed in Morgan, and uh, we had uh, the team doing this. So, ACC games, we would all be down in, in the lobby watching the games, you know. And I mean, Virginia with Ralph Sampson, yeah, and uh, Oakdale Wilson, those guys, and of course, we're leaving out, you know, uh, North Carolina with Kenny Smith. Jordan Perkins, Worthy, I mean, that, that was like a who's who. Was, every night you couldn't wait to watch. Yeah, it was, you know, so, uh, it was something. Unbelievable. It was something, and the ACC tournament was always, uh, gosh, and it, that's going on right now. Of course, your uh, your Clemson Tigers got a win today. They move on, uh, which uh, yeah, I. Yeah, we, we beat, we beat uh, Miami. Miami. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they move on and take on. Uh, Looks like they go. They take on Florida State, number one seed Florida State tomorrow. What do you think? You think they got a chance to beat Florida State? They did it earlier in the year on a last second layup. Could they? Could they do it again? I think we. I think we'll have to play well. Of course, you know. I mean, uh, their coaching staff has, has done a tremendous job. Definitely, they, you know, Florida State. They have the size. They have the athleticism. You know, they have the, the, the guys that can shoot for, from the perimeter and create off the bounce. And, you know, they, they, even if you play defense, they have some guys that can manufacture their own shots. They have guys that can just get buckets, you know. Um, but I think if we play well, and I think we will, we'll give ourselves a chance. I think, you know, uh, the fact that we, we were successful once against them, we shouldn't be you know, afraid of the moment. It's a tremendous opportunity for us. And, you know, we had some big wins this year. Yeah. You know, Florida State, you, you beat North Carolina for the first time. Right? Yeah, and Chapel Hill. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and uh, we, we uh, had a win against Duke. You know, so we, we've had some big wins. I think we, um, we beat Syracuse at home. Yeah. You know, this is an off year for Bayheim, but we've had some big wins. So this will definitely help us. Uh, one that we would need if uh, to try to get closer to getting into the tournament. Well, I, I said before the tournament started, I said on one of my shows, a lower seed team will make a run in this tournament. Uh, I, I, hey, why not us, right? I mean, it could be. You never know because you're there. You're you're there right now. Right. You get you're against the number one seed, but you got a chance to make a big splash beating that number one seed. Exactly. But uh, let get back to to you. Uh, let's talk a little bit about probably one of the most memorable games you had in high school against West Nassau. 405 yards rushing and seven touchdowns. Did they have a defense? Right. <laughs> well, obviously it wasn't that good, right? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> of course you were talented, but, man, 405 yards rushing in one game, seven touchdowns. Jeez. And, and you know the crazy thing, the crazy thing, Steve, is that I had, Two runs called back that night. Wow! Both were over. Both were over fifty yards. One was a, a fifty-five, and one was like a fifty-eight yard touchdown. So you should have had five hundred yards. 
Yeah, 509 <laughs> touchdowns. That would have been nice, right? So, but, uh, you know, everything was in slow motion that night for me. You know, we just, they didn't make any defensive adjustments, and we just kept running the same play. They didn't, you know, coach said, well, they're not going to adjust. We're just going to keep giving it to you, so. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Don't, don't try to yeah. fix if it ain't work. Just keep doing what you're doing. So That's right. That's right. When did you know football was going to be what took you to the next level out of high school? Um, uh, going into uh, what was an eye for me is going into my uh, junior year. Um, I went to camp. I went to camp at Clemson, and. Uh, you know, you, it's different when you're, you know, you're pretty good in the area where you are. It always helps when you can go someplace else and you see great talent from other places and, you know, you, you see how you measure up, you know. And, um, and, and I saw guys that they were excellent and, you know, I thought I fit in. I thought I belonged. Um, so I, I think that's when the light really came on right. for me. So, what other schools besides Clemson were after you to come play football for them? Well, you know, I, I was recruited pretty he- pretty heavily, you know. So, you had... Um, pretty- there were some, you know, uh, a lot of the southeastern schools, uh, you know, Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, uh, of course, Florida State, Miami, uh, you know, Pitt, uh, Ohio State, Michigan State, um... Uh, UCLA started getting into it. And Oklahoma was coming pretty hard. You know, Barry Swiss used to send me the uh, Sermon Illustrate, you know. And <laughs> he used to always remind me that, hey, you know, we got Buster Ryan. You know, you remember the running back slash receiver? They had Buster Ryan from uh, Miami, who was number four. Okay, know? yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, he, he, I was like, well, coach, you, you guys signed Marcus Dupree, you know, and, Barry was a character, man. He was like, oh, well, Terrence, you know, we'll be up by 30 or 40. You'll play slot, and then we'll put you in the backfield the second half, you know. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but you know, I, I tell you, when my senior year in high school, I was on the sideline of uh, the Clemson-Georgia game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had never been in a setting like that. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I still remember it. That's, that's one of those things like you'll never forget. The fans were on their feet the entire game. And I, I just fell in love with it because I never saw anything like that. And um, I mean, they cheered just as much, if not more, for the defense as they did the offense. And, and just the... the uh, how smart and how tuned in the crowd was. And then since I've been to football camp there, um, when I went to camp, you know, I, I met the fridge. He was there. I knew Cliff Austin, Homer Jordan. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and uh, those guys and uh, Jeff Davis, I met the judge. Uh, and it was just a great atmosphere. And, of course, I met Coach Reedy while I was in high school. Uh, I think like I was in the 10th grade. Uh, 
and I just knew at that time that's where I was going to go. Right. So that, what you know, what was your first impressions when you got on campus? Was it all that, that it was, you thought it would be? Yes. 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 And, you know, that, and it was a little different. I mean, I knew, um, I think the hardest part, and I'm glad I came in early, uh, not like they do now, right. where you can come in in January, but early was like summer school, you know. And you got a chance to come in when the campus uh, is not as, uh, not as full, you know, things are real slow. And um, uh, the professors, the, the syllabus, the curriculum isn't as stringent. It's not as many students. It was, it was easier to, to get adjusted. So, uh, but once, um, you know, once we started practice and got close to game time, uh, you know, it was a great place. Yeah. You know, I, I knew I was in the right place. What about, you Coach? What about I tell you what, that was my first time doing three a day. Oh wow! Uh, I still I, I still tell people I I used to be like man I wish I could get my hands around the neck of the person who started three of days. <laughs> yeah, that was oh, my man. next question. How how was it playing for Coach Ford? Well, I, uh, he was uh, he was tough, but he was fair. Right. You know, he was tough, and he was fair. I quickly found out, you know. Uh, he was a different. He was a different guy than the one who was recruiting me. <laughs> you done signed up then. <laughs> he got you, hey, man. Hey, he was a true bad boy disciple. You know, we had some physical practices, man, and uh, you know, you couldn't be shy playing for him. No doubt about that. You, you know, we we were going to be a tough physical football team, um, and uh, you know, he, he took care of his guys. Uh, Whenever I think of Coach Ford, I just always remember him telling us. Um, and it was something that he, he took a lot of pride in. And he was uh, sure he made it personal. He was like, guys, I made a promise to your mamas and your daddies. You know, he's a he's old country boy. You know, he's a good guy. And he yeah. said, I made a promise to your mamas and your daddies that uh, I'm going to do his best for it. So, you know, he was tough on us. You know, he, of course, some of us, you know, he had to keep on the wrap. You know, <laughs> he made yeah, sure yeah. kept tabs on, you know. But um, he made sure we did the right thing. Um, and he, he did his best to take care of us, made sure, you know, we had the things that we needed to be successful. Um, yeah, you know, and it, was, it was a great time. We had great fans, great support, great coaching staff. When you look at the coaches, we had great players, you know. I mean, um, I loved it. He, he, was, he was different. He was different, but I uh, always appreciate it. You came there as a kid, you left a man, you know? Yeah, and he was he was pretty successful when he while he was there at Clemson, too. You guys go 9-1-1 your freshman year. You had 31 carries, 202 right. yards, but you guys were on probation. Even You finished 7-0, 7-0 in the ACC, but you, you're right. not eligible to win the championship or play, uh, play in a bowl game, but... Did you guys look right. at that like, okay, we're, we're going to just have to deal with this. We're just going to have to roll over everybody. That's going to be our bowl game. Every night's going to be one of our bowl games. That was pretty much the attitude we took. And, and you know, you talk about culture, and it's, it's wonderful to see what Coach Sweeney has going now, uh, which is unbelievable, you know, the way uh, that you're recruiting the 
people and guys that we're bringing in. And it's all about culture and family. You know, you hear right. that, you know. Um, and we had that then. You know, those yeah. seniors, when we, I, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget the meeting we had. And Coach Phil called the meeting and he said he had talked to the seniors and they took a vote. He, I think he left it up to them saying that, you know, probation can take effect next year. We can go to a bowl game this year and uh, try to make a run at another national title. Or we can go ahead and take this hit now and get it going and uh, maybe we'll have less of an of effect. And those guys, Terry Kennard, Bubba Diggs, Cliff Austin, Homer Jordan, Jeff Stocksdale, Jamie Farr, those guys who were coming off of the national championship year. Yeah. Uh, James Robinson, rather than Ray Brown, rather than going to Johnny Rimbert, Tripled, all those guys were unbelievable. Terry Kennard, rather than say, you know what, we're going to go back and see if we can get another national championship or at least get back to that game. Yeah, and they, they would have had every right to be selfish about that because, you know, they earned it. But they said, no, we're going to do what we think is best for for the team. And then uh, that was special. That was special. We laid the foundation for uh, part of the blueprint that, that what's going on now. It's really about uh, culture and the program. Yeah. What was it like? You know, Clemson's had some great running backs. Tell me, tell me a little bit about Kevin Mack. Shrinky, that's what we used to call him. Kevin was, was unbelievable. I mean, I love love playing behind him, you know. Um, didn't say a whole lot. Uh, you just knew that uh, he was going to produce and, and uh, if there was a block to be made, he was going to make it. You know, it needed to be made. He was going to make it. He was just, you know, just very strong. Yeah, it's a big Unbelievable core and pop. Um, you know, just just a, a great a great back one of one of several that we've had, but he was definitely a great pullback. Yeah. Just a great back period and a great teammate. Great teammate. Yep. Now, who did you feel like uh you know, I, I I get mixed mixed reaction on this for Clemson. Who did you feel like your biggest rival in the A C C was while you were playing? Oh, wow. Well, well, I was playing. I know, uh, oh, boy, I tell you what, I'll have to say North Carolina. North Carolina. You know, when I first got there, they had they had Kelvin Bryant. And, you know, they had some, some great teams. Ethan Horton. And Ethan Horton. And, um, uh, uh, what's that, uh, Tyrone Anthony? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then, um, Derek Finner. Derek Finner, yep. Yeah, they, they had some excellent players. And, you know, Maryland was, Maryland was right up there. Yeah. So I, I think uh, and that was a, a, a good rivalry. But I think the North Carolina rivalry was a little more heated, I think, in part because we had so many guys on the team that was from the state of North Carolina. Right. You know, but those games were uh, very physical, uh, very emotional. And it usually came down to the ACC championship. Yeah, and then talk a little bit about playing at Memorial Stadium, playing at Death Valley. You know, going out, rubbing, rubbing that, rubbing Howard's Rock, and then running down. What was it like the first time you did that? I, I know that had to be special for you. The, the first time 
I had to make sure <laughs> that I, I didn't fall going down the hill. That was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? You, you, you don't want to be that guy that falls running down the hill, you know. Um, but I, when we got off the bus, you would get off the bus and you have big goosebumps on, on your arms. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you know, if, if you weren't ready to play, then something's wrong. You know, and, and to be honest with you, for me, after my after my first year, running down the hill was easy. The, the part that really got me was when we would come out of the locker room and get on the bus, that ride coming around the stadium. And uh, when we would pull up at the front and start unloading it, and the fans would come to their feet. There's nothing like that. You know, I mean, I was, you know, fortunate enough to play in the NFL and, and, and play, you know, in some big games. Uh, be a part of some great teams, and you know, of course, when you play great teams, you play in big games, Monday night games, playoff games, Super Bowls. But I mean, there was nothing like um, a Saturday afternoon in Death Valley. I mean, that was, uh, you know, that's that's a true, uh, truly special thing. Yeah, definitely, and it still still hold. You know, with the success Clemson has had this last decade, especially, uh, it, it's it's. You, you know, just watching it on TV, you're like, wow. It would give you goosebumps just watching them come down, getting off that bus and coming down. Uh, let's let's move ahead to your senior year. You you finally you you've you've been sitting back for a while. You finally get your chance. You're a starter. You end up being all American. 1,258 yards r- rushing, 13 TDs. You guys are 10 and two. Go to play the Greater Bowl against Stanford. What was it like finally getting to be? You know, finally getting to make your mark. Well, it was, um, I, I was ready for it, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm sure you were. <laughs> um, yeah, I was ready. But, you know, we had, we had some excellent backs. You know, we had excellent backs. And, you know, I, I, I tell guys, I remember my freshman year when we all came in, you know, we had myself and Kenny Flowers from Florida. Uh, Steve Griffin was the player of the year. Uh, he was All-American out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, South Mecklenburg. Uh, David Barnett was, I think, player of the year in South Carolina, rushed for over 2,000 yards. Uh, you had um, Stacy Driver from Griffin, Georgia. I mean, we had excellent backs, and, and the competition was fierce. Um, you know, and, you know, I thought I had, I, I won the job, you know, my junior year. I had the knee, my sophomore year, I'm sorry, had the knee injury right. up in Boston College. And, and then, you know, while I was out, you know, we had guys that really just took off, and um, so it was. It was. Uh, I had to wait my turn, you know, to get it back, and you know, uh, but when the opportunity came, I was ready. I was, you know, um, uh, I just remember having the year that that I thought I would have had from the very beginning. You know, talk a little bit about you know we talked about the rivalries in the ACC. How big was that South Carolina rivalry, though? Oh man, that was that was some you know South Carolina rivalry, um, and you know I I knew a little bit about the South Carolina rivalry, but I didn't know it was like that. You know, I mean that's that's a very heated that's a heated thing, you know, and um, extremely personal. It gets nasty, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, we didn't like them and they didn't like us. And, you know, 
but both both sides were weren't afraid to let the other one know. Uh, and uh, you couldn't wait for for the end of the year. And I, I just remember my you know my senior year. Uh, they had an excellent defense, and um, you know we always pride ourselves on defense. And you know they had the uh, the running shoot. They had some players. The quarterback Ellis, I think Green was the running back. I'm not sure, but yeah. I do remember everyone couldn't wait to see the matchup between Sterling Sharp and Donnell Wolford. Oh yeah, man, that was that was must see TV. You know, you're looking at one of the top defensive backs in the entire country. Going up against one of the top receivers in the, in the entire country, man, and that was that was a matchup. That was great. That was something. Yeah, and then you guys end up uh, going going to the Gator Bowl, play at Stanford team. You guys get the win, twenty seven twenty one. Pretty good to finish your career at Clemson with a win like that. Uh, I mean, going out on top like that. Right, and also for me, you know, I grew up. Um, and playing in the beach over on, on the Mary Island, which is right north of Jacksonville. So it was an opportunity for me to come back come home. Back home and yeah. play. Right. So now, so I had a lot of, uh, you know, family, friends, you know, um, coaches from high school. So that, that was great to come back home and, uh, be able to finish it up like that. Yeah. Then the NFL draft comes around now. You know, this is back when the the draft wasn't quite the spectacle it's become now. You know, that is a whole right. big big event now. But did you have any any teams? I'm sure you did because you were first round pick. Did you have any teams out there that were that were really talking to you about we're going to draft you besides the 49ers? Um, I I remember there was uh, City. Was saying if they were trying to decide, they thought they would, they knew they would take a back. Um, I think a lot of people were trying to trade up to get either Alonzo Highsmith or DJ Dozier right. out of Penn State. And they told me it would probably probably be between myself and Paul Palmer, who was coming out of Temple. So when Kansas City took Paul, uh, I knew San Francisco had two first round picks. Um. And they have flown me out a couple of times. I spent a lot of time with them at the Combine, one of those teams, uh, one of the teams I spent a lot of time with. So I had a good feeling that's where I would be. Um, I knew Tampa was trying to trade up. They didn't have a first-round pick. They were trying to trade up, and I was praying to God no longer trade with them. <laughs> you yeah, at least you're honest about it. I mean, come on. Hey, well, at that, yeah, at that, at that time, time you know, yeah, I know right. what you mean. Oh God, man. yeah. I mean, really, I think about that. You know, go to San Francisco and play with you know Joe Montana and play for Bill Walsh and play with Ronnie Lott. Those guys would go to Tampa Bay, and no, I, I didn't want to go to Tampa Bay. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, yeah. I kept, back then, I yeah. can't play you for one thing. One thing, can you imagine wearing them old uniforms like that? That that whatever color that I can't even remember what color that is. It's like a yeah, terrible looking orange. I don't know what color. Right, right. So it wasn't <laughs> Clemson orange, that's for sure. No, no, it wasn't right? Clemson orange. It wasn't Clemson orange. Yeah. So who but, made uh, who made the call when you found out that you you were drafted by the Forty Nineers? Um, running back coach, Coach Lewis, Coach Sherman Lewis called me. 
uh, and the phone rung as soon as um, Commissioner Roselle said uh, 25th pick in the draft, the San Francisco 49ers, the phone rung, and uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, it was coaching, and he said, well, we got you. And uh, he said that at the same time, they were, they were uh, saying my name, so that was, that was great. That was good to hear. Oh, yeah, that was and it was, it was a good thing, too, because, you know, I played in the East-West Shrine All-Star game. At that time, it was played in Colorado at Stanford Stadium. So um, I had an idea of, you know, a little, I knew a little bit about the area where I was going. And uh, so uh, it was great. It was, it was some great years. So your first year, you guys, you guys go 13-2, pretty much probably one of the best teams in football. What was it like playing with Bill, behind, with Bill Walsh? Um, probably a little different than Danny Ford, I imagine. A little different, yeah. yeah. You know, a little different just, <laughs> you know, hey, look, just, just the approach to the game. But Bill was uh, the most, one of the most cerebral, you know, individuals I've ever been around, you know. Um, the best classroom I've ever been in. Um, he has his own unique way uh, of explaining uh, everything, and uh, you know he was just a great, great teacher, uh, very articulate. Um, he was he was truly a master in his setting. The way he conducted meetings, uh, always knew when to throw in some humor. Uh, it was really just an unbelievable thing. You knew he was in a special place. That um, you just didn't understand until maybe you were away from it for a bit. You know, when you look back, because that was just a great staff. You know, when I first got there, Bill Walsh was the head coach. Yeah, that's Dennis cool. Green. Dennis Green was the offensive coordinator. Mike Holmgren <laughs> was the quarterback coach. You know, George Seifert um, was the O line coach. Uh, and Sherman Lewis was, of course, the running back coach. Lynn Styles who uh, was a special teams coach. Uh, um, Ray Rose was a secondary coach. Uh, Bob McKittrick. I mean, that was just a great staff, and we had great players. Um, it, was just, it was something special. You know, Steve Young and I came in at the same time because Joe was coming off of uh, herniated disc right. in his back, so there was, there was some concerns as to uh, what Joe's level of, of play would be, and of course he answered that. Yeah, but, uh, he sure did. Of course, yeah, yeah, it didn't either, right? And that was at a time when, you know, you could stack your team. You know, uh, salary cap free agency hadn't kicked in, you know, like it, like it is now. Uh, so we knew he had a great team. We knew he had an excellent staff. We didn't know how special his staff was, but, but we knew he had a talented team. Yeah. You know, their, their, uh, their expectations were clear. What was it like playing the same running back core with Roger Craig and Tom Rathman? Oh, it was great. <laughs> it was great. I mean, at times frustrating, but it was great. Oh, yeah, because you were just, yeah. I mean, obviously, and anybody could understand how frustrating that could be for you because with Craig and Rathman in there, it's like hard to get your shot. 
Right. It, you know, the thing was, when I first went there, Roger was the fullback. You know, um, and they had a tailback named Joe Cribs, who had a few, you know, had some excellent years in the NFL, came out of Auburn, but he had some great years. Buffalo. With Buffalo. Yeah. And then played in the old uh, USFL. Oh, yeah. You know, but uh, so during the strike, uh, the strike year was my rookie year in 87. Yeah. And after the strike, I think one or two games later, or maybe the next year, I know they made the decision to put to put uh, Rod, Roger Tell back and put Tom Raffin at fullback just because we had to get uh, Raffin on the field. He was just too good not to be on the field. I mean, he was, you know, instantly made the offense better because he was the best fullback in the game. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, Roger, Roger could do his thing, man. He was excellent, you know. So, uh, but, uh, you know, the the meetings was, was always good. Uh, those guys are great teammates as well as great, great people. Um, you know, we all help each other, you know, get better. And yeah, then you, you guys ended up shockingly losing to the Vikings in the playoffs in the game. I just did, I was like, wow, I couldn't believe the Vikings of all people were, were beat y'all. But did that motivate you guys for the next year to come back and say, look, you know, we we messed up. That's not going to happen again. As good as we are, that should have never happened. Yes. Yeah. It, 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 it did all of that. You know, we, we knew um, that we didn't play our best. Um, you know, we there were some changes made that off season as far as uh, you know, Beverly Parish couldn't handle Chris Bowman. Yeah. So they made the move or, you know, Bill put Steve Wallace at left tackle. And of course Harris brought that right tackle. He had to shoot up the edges. Um the White Clark, you know, uh, you know, we've lost him now, but at that time he he was near the end of his career. He was struggling, you know, a little bit with the knees. So Minnesota had a great game plan. They doubled Jerry and played DC one on one, and and um, and we just couldn't handle Chris Bowman coming off the edge. And of course, you know, uh, Anthony Carter went crazy. I think yeah, he had he like two hundred twenty-seven yards, ten catches, and um, they were hot. But you know, they were the better, better team that day. But uh, they shouldn't have beat us. Yeah, no, I don't So that, that pulled everyone together. Uh, you know, we were really focused in the off season. Yeah, we yeah. got a point to prove. Yeah. And next year you come back, you guys are ten and six. Uh you struggled at the first year, you were six and five at one time, but you turned it around. But let's talk a little bit you talking about Steve Young a while ago. How how competitive was that Steve Young, Joe Montana rivalry in especially I'm sure in practice it got pretty competitive. Yes, yes, they are, uh, I mean, well, you can imagine, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, Steve was the guy that was to come in and, you know, take Joe's place, and, and, and Joe, Joe wasn't going anywhere, you know. <laughs> and uh, at times, Joe had a little discomfort, you know, because, um, you know, he was being pushed, and, uh, you know, Coach Holmgren had coached, in college at BYU, so there was there was a little more familiarity with that uh, that 
Steve had with, with Coach Holmgren that, that Joe didn't, so I think Joe felt a little uncomfortable with that. Um, and I think the the reason that we started a little in, in, in the beginning was because I think, you know, Coach Walsh had a decision to make. He was worried about the team getting older. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they had toyed with the, the idea of replacing Joe. Steve had played quite a bit. And it was affecting the guys in the locker room. Really. You know, the guys in the locker room, the team was still very low with Joe. Right. You know, obviously, you know, those, those veterans, they're doing their and it was just different. You know, Steve was still trying to learn the offense and Joe mastered the offense. You know, I say mastered it and mastered it. And, um, I mean, Joe has one of the most unbelievable things I, I, I saw was I can remember days we go into practice and we would have 707 pass scale. And Joe would have days that he would go 21 or 22. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, it was just clockwork. Whatever you saw on Sundays, what we saw every day in practice. I mean, he would go, you know, he would come off one day going 21 or 22 and then come back the next day and go 20 or 22 or, 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 or 19 or 20 and 7 on 7 against an excellent defense. Yeah. You know, no he was just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, he was just unbelievable. So, you know, once we made that decision um, to stay with Joe, um, we had a big Monday night game that we were successful and we made it into the playoffs and, and then ran the table. You know? Yeah, you put, yeah. you got revenge on the Vikings in the first round, divisional playoff. You got thrashed them 34 to 9, and then you go up against the Bears team and, and thrashed them 28 to 3. But you get to your first Super Bowl. What was that atmosphere like? What was that week like, you know, the media week and all that? Uh, was it any, like anything you had seen before? No. <laughs> Is you know, <laughs> you know, you know, that, nah, I had, I, you know, when it hits you, you know, media day is, is you know, the whole week is, of, of prepping, you know, all that's interesting, but when it really got to me was going out on the field, when you go out there, and it's, it's, it's warm up time. Uh-huh. And you're seeing all these stations, TV crews, in different countries and you're hearing these people speak different languages and you realize that what you're participating in is what you've been watching the biggest game since you was in elementary school. You know, um, that's what hits you like, wow, this is, uh, you know, this, this, this is what you work for. And, uh, it's extremely fortunate to, uh, be a participant of, um, Two of those, yeah, you know, it, it, it was great. Yeah, this is not just uh, nationwide. This is worldwide. Uh, when when you go to the Super Bowl and there's millions of people watching you on there, and and what a game that was. I mean, this was back and forth with the Bengals. Uh, what what was a what were you like on the sideline on that last drive when when Montana and the offense set up for that last game winning drive? Well, when. When Cincinnati scored, and this is what it's like when you, when you have that guy, like how we feel now at Clemson having Trevor Lawrence. Right. Right? When you have that guy, you know you're never out of the game. 
So if Cincinnati scored, the entire team looked up at the clock and you saw how much time was left. And you said, okay. <laughs> you know, they left them too much time. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, was, that was the feeling. Honestly, that was the feeling. So, I mean, we didn't have any doubt that, uh, that Joe would take us down the field and, and score. We didn't have any doubt in that. Yeah, and, and then you know, getting that feeling when the game, when the clock hit zero zero, John Taylor catches win touchdown. I just remember Harris Barton telling the story. I've heard it so many times about Montana sitting in the huddle when, when they're waiting for uh, TV to come out. Hey, John Candy, the John Candy story. I just remember. I'm like, man, that is one cool cucumber right there. And he's it, it, here. It is the biggest game of the year, the Super Bowl. Millions of people watching. You're down by three with time running out and you're looking in the crowd like, hey man it's john candy I, I mean i can't say i would probably be like man you know we got to do something here but he spots john hey. candy in the crowd right that, that tells you how cool he was right yeah that, but that had to be what kind of feeling was it when the clock hit zero zero and you realized you know i, I i'm a member of a super bowl winning team unbelievable I mean, to realize that, you know, man, we just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was unbelievable. And, and this was, and, and this was in Florida, too. So, I mean. Right. It was in Miami, you know, and I, I had relatives at the game. You know, uh, my grandmother lived in Fort Lauderdale. I spent a lot of time, you know, down there growing up in the summer. So, um, that, that, that whole week being there was great. But after the game, sitting in the locker room, when you get back to the hotel, and you realize that, you know, you think about how many great players played in the NFL and, uh, you know, they didn't get a chance to, to, to hoist the trophy and play on the Super Bowl team. And, and here I was lucky enough to, um, to be a part of that great team and doing that dynasty with that owner, you know, and that staff and those players to be a part of that. Just my second year in the league, you know what a blessing that was. And then, and then we had the audacity to come back and do it again, right? So, oh yeah. <laughs> how hard? Yeah. How hard was that? I mean, because once you, I, I talked to a member of the Raiders '83 Super Bowl team uh, last night. How hard was that to defend that Super Bowl title? Because once you're the champions, you're you've got a target. You're getting everybody. It don't matter who it is. You're getting everybody's best shot every every week. How hard was it to defend that title? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, it, it really wasn't that hard because our preparation was the same. I think there were, um, of course, we were adamant to show that uh, we could repeat. You know, we, we came into the season, of course, you know, after the, after the 88 season, Coach Walsh resigned. Yep. So we had to, you know, I think there were some interesting things. You know, Joe wanted to prove that he could still master the offense without Bill on the sideline. You know, Coach Coach Holmgren had, you know, he was, he was dialed in to show that the offense, nothing's going to miss a beat, you know. Um, but we were just so extremely talented. I mean, when you look at that roster... I mean, we, we were we were talented. We knew we were talented. And 
you know, we were blessed to have the right guys in the locker room. You know, uh, we didn't have, of course, that it, back then it wasn't the age of, uh, you know, YouTube and whatnot, and we didn't have a lot of guys interested in, in, in a lot of other things. Um, so there, there wasn't a lot of distraction, you know, in, in the locker room. You know, guys was, 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 uh, was dialed in with, with repeating. He wanted to repeat. And I remember when we had our uh, first mini camp, and really started before then. You know, Ronnie Lott was always the, you know, the, the pulse of the team, the spirit of the team. He set the tenor. And Ronnie telling us, "Hey guys, listen, we're not going to shy away from letting people know that we're going to repeat. Our goal is to repeat. So." Let's go ahead and claim it now and work like it. I, I remember that. And, and and that just became our attitude. We're not going to be shy about letting people know our intent. Because we repeat, why should we? We had the greatest wide receiver in the game with Jerry Rice. We had the greatest quarterback in the game with Montana. We had the best backfield in the game. We had an excellent offensive line. We had an excellent defense. You know, the offense got all the a lot of the headlines, but that defense during that oh, time yeah. period was right up there in the top in, of the game, you know, with Charles Haley, Larry Roberts, Michael Carter, a nose tackle that during that time was one of the best in the game. You know, the linebackers, Ken Turner, Ricky Ellison. Romanowski um, was there. Romanowski Matt was there. Miller. Yeah, Matt Millen that came from, from the Raiders uh, to give us that, you know, more fire and experience, uh, and another great presence in the locker room to go along with, you know, Ryan Lott, Eric Wright, uh, Tim McIntyre, um, those guys in, in the second year, Jeff Fuller, Jeff Fuller, yeah. Uh, Chet Brooks. I mean, we, we were young, um, and we were focused, and we knew we, we knew we were an excellent football team. We, we wanted to, uh, we wanted to put our stamp on us. We were, on it, I'm sorry. You weren't afraid to go for greatness, yeah. and uh, that that was just the, the attitude of the whole team. And really, everyone in the building, everyone in the building, from our equipment guy to the receptionist, um, that that was just uh, the attitude that we chose to take. Yeah, you guys, you guys made it look easy. You got 14 and two. Uh, t- talk a little bit about there, there was one of, and, and I guess it was your closest rival in the. Uh, in the NFC West, the Rams. Talk about that. How intense right. was that rival with the Rams back then? It, it was an intense rival. Um, you know, we were uh, um, in state, and um, you know the teams really knew each other. Uh, and they were a great team. You know, Coach Robinson was a great coach, uh, and uh, you know they 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 had some expectations. Of course, you know LA gets a lot of the glamour. Right. Uh, and at times, I remember our guys felt like, you know, there was a little bit of, uh, felt like we were being disrespected a little bit, you know. Um, but uh, those were some, some great teams they had, you know, uh, great players. But we, we felt like we had just a, um, a little too much. You know, felt like we had a little too much. Yeah, you, you guys showed it in the playoffs how, how easy it was, I guess, to defend that Super Bowl because, 
looking at looking at these scores, the Vikings game forty one thirteen. Then you beat the Rams in the NFC Championship thirty to three. Then of course everybody remembers the Broncos game fifty five to ten, and your world champions again. You know seventy that's one hundred twenty six to twenty six. You outscored those teams in the playoffs by a hundred points. Guy, I, what an impressive run, and uh, not surprisingly, by one of the great teams in football. But let's talk a little bit about Jerry Rice. I mean, the probably more more than likely will go on. I can't see uh, a a receiver matching what he did. You know, coming out of a small college like he did, and, and putting up the numbers that he did consistently. Uh, year after year, even when he was with the Raiders, he was putting up big numbers. But talk about what it was like playing with Jerry Rice. Tremendous, tremendous competitor. Great, great work ethic. Um, I've, I've, I've never, I've never been around anyone that worked that hard. You know, the whole offseason. You know, and I, I just remember, you know, we would go run. Uh, on, on the hill. I don't know if you've seen some of the documentaries where he was yeah. run up the hill and, you know, probably didn't see me in the end of those because I was too far in the back, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Jerry, Jerry would take off and I remember times he would get near the top and then come back down halfway to make sure the stragglers like me were okay. <laughs> and I'm trying to catch up, and then he just yell, and you know, he yell, yeah, we're good. And he just take off again. He run that hill like a goat, man. I was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, he just um, was blessed with a, just a certain mindset that he brought to his preparation every single day. The whole year, he just didn't know how to take a day off. Yeah, and uh, and if you were around him, he would not allow you to take a day off. <laughs> um, and you know, just being in his presence, you had to you had to keep up. And it was, it was and and we had a lot of fun working out. You know, it was, it was good. But he just and he had huge hands. Um, the body control he had running his routes. Uh, was never off balance. Um, never got outside of himself. Tremendous uh, concentration. He was uh, just hadn't seen anything like him. You know, I don't think we ever will. He was, you know, in the perfect system, perfect quarterbacks. He would have been great in any system, but what we had, um, he really flourished, and he was perfect for it. Yeah. And he had the right guys living in the ball and, and, and the right people understanding, you know, uh, what we all had. I mean, we had a package of plays that every week we went in, you know, for him, uh, he was just that special. And um, he was just, just hadn't seen anything like that. Yeah. How confident were you guys going into that Super Bowl against the Broncos? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I, I remember when we first started watching film, we we knew 
still have a difficult time uh, defending our defending our offense. Um, you know, we we knew their safeties at Water and Dennis Smith. They were big hitters, but they would tip their hand when, when they would want to get nosy and come down in the box. Right. We knew they would have a hard time with play action. They didn't have the corners to handle Jerry and John Taylor. Um, we just that that year our offense was just different. We were clicking. Oh, yeah. We were we were fortunate that we didn't have a lot of injuries uh, that could upset your rhythm and preparation. Uh, it was, uh, you know, but we, we knew they would have a difficult time with us uh, watching them and then uh, Ronnie and the defense. Uh, I think those guys were, uh, they, they had heard enough about the three amigos, their receivers, <laughs> yeah. and airway. You know, that Ronnie was tired of hearing that. And uh, I think if you if you remember that game, he delivered a blow to uh, Vance Johnson early yeah. in the game. Yeah. Uh, and, and after that, their receivers weren't too anxious to come across the middle. You know, they they didn't run their routes with the same type of uh, fever that they had in some of the earlier games. So LA really didn't have much to deal with. I mean, you know, to, to, to compliment him, you know, everything was taken away. Um, so, um, we knew, uh, we were very confident going into that game, not being disrespectful to them. Right. They were a great team and they had a great coach and, uh, but, um, we, we knew they would have a difficult time. Yeah. And then, so the next year you get traded to the Cowboys. Now you stay there for what you didn't say that long before they drafted Emmett Smith and they decided to, to let you go, but you get signed by, by the Cardinals then you end up back with the 49ers again. Was you know you you moved around a lot then, but you how was it coming back to the 49ers after being away from them? A little different, but the same. You know, um, which I was fortunate enough that I've uh, I never did anything to embarrass myself or any team or organization that I was with. So. I was never a problem in the locker room, so I, I was welcome. You know, the guys in the locker room, it was good to see each other because we were friends. Right. You know, that, that type of thing, you know. Um, it, was, it was a little different, but like I said, it was different, but the same. I don't know if that makes any sense, you know. Um, so, what what did you do after you left football? What did, I mean, right out of you, you're out of the game. What did you decide you were going to do after football? Well, you know, the career didn't last as long as I thought it would. Right. Um, so I was in Arizona for a while, and I worked for a little bit with uh, there was a guy, um, Gil Tyree, um, who worked for a television station in Phoenix. And I first met Gil. Show you how small the world is, right? Uh, I first met Gil when I was uh, when I was in high school. In Florida, um, I was a senior in high school, and in my college days, he had come to Florida. So, when I was traded to, um, when I was signed by Phoenix, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember I was just, you know, I didn't really know many people out there, and I was watching you know, the news one night, 
and the sports comes on, and there's Gil Tyree. I'm like, oh, my God, there's Gil. So <laughs> I remember calling the station, and, uh, you know, he was very complimentary you know, of me, and he was nice. And so I called the, the TV station and said, hey, man, you know, I, you know, um, let's get together, get a bike to eat. You know, I didn't know anyone. And, and so um, after I was out of the game when I was in Arizona, I told him, I said, you know, I'm, I'm interested in TV radio. I want to see what that's like. And um, so he helped me out with that. I, I worked with him for a while in the sports department with an ABC affiliate. And then the following year, uh, he did, uh, he covered the Cardinals games, and, and he opened up, he had a, uh, uh, a radio slot, time slot, where he would do the pregame, a halftime, and postgame. So I, I did that with him for a while. Wow. Um, yeah, and that was great, because, you know, yeah. you get to, you know, especially in Phoenix, man, put on some shorts and flip-flops <laughs> and a, and yeah. a polo, and you, you go watch, you go watch games all day, right? Yeah, that would be an ideal life. I'd love that. Yeah, man. So did that for a while, a couple of years, and came back to Florida. Um, um, my mother uh, started having some health issues. And, uh, so uh, came back to Florida around um, 98, 99. during that time period. And uh, so I, I've been back here since, and... Then I got the coaching book. You know, I went oh, wow. to high school and you know, I started coaching, and uh, that's what I'm doing now. I've been coaching high school football for a few years. So that's that's what I've been doing for the last uh, volunteer work. I, I'm a I was a small private school that I graduated from uh, for the last. Oh really? Yeah, the last ten years I've I've been coaching uh, over there, and uh, it, it's been you know it's it's it's, it's the closest feeling to being able to get back on the field that I can have. You know, it, it's great working with the kids. I love working with the kids and, and, and seeing when a kid finally gets it, when that light comes on and says, okay, I got it. You know, that's that's one of the best feelings there and seeing them get the confidence in themselves. But, uh, man, I, I love, like you, I got the coaching bug and, and I love doing it. I'm, I'm just a volunteer, but I, I love going out there and working with the kids like that. I, and I'm sure a guy like you, uh, you, you, you have to love it. Oh, definitely. I love it, man. It's just uh, still get that itch. Yeah. You know, that time of year and uh, still just love the preparation. Um, and uh, for me, just, you know, want to give back to the game. And, uh, and you know, I've been so fortunate to, to be around uh, some great coaches. You have. Uh, you definitely but they're have. all a little different and some things that you can you can take from it, and uh, you know it's just uh, you know I, I love the game and love coaching, and uh, and then especially on this side of it, just the X and O part, you yeah. know, um, and just being able to prepare, try to help prepare, you know, a team, and uh, and then also working with guys, just working with kids, helping helping them to, uh, be better. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's that's pretty awesome there. So I got a, a couple of quick hitting questions, and then I'll let you go. Uh, toughest toughest opponent you went up against, like a toughest linebacker or 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 safety or something that you went up against, whether it be in college or in the pros. Uh, and if it's more than one, uh, that's, that's fine. That's easy, man. LT. 
LT. Oh yeah, I forgot you did play oh. with Taylor. Oh wow, I oh imagine that God, was. Man. I imagine that yeah. was tough there. Hey, you talk about you talk about uh, something that might keep you up at night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he was special. Oh my goodness. Yes, man. he was. He you was. Know. There was nothing like a LT. Gosh, mm. Every, everything everything that they say he is was and more. And uh, you know, for his linebacker now safety. Uh, was Kenny Easley. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Yes, I do. No, yes, yes no. Uh, 45. Yeah, he, he was on the team with uh, another former Clemson great, Jeff Bryant. You know, they had yeah. some great teams in Seattle. Yeah. And, man, they had, they had a, a heck of a defense. And, you know, we played them every preseason, you know, and that rascal tried to line me up one time. <laughs> you know, I caught a glimpse. I said, wait a minute, something's coming up pretty fast. And I was able to get out the way. And I heard him go by me. And when I was walking back to the hole, he kind of looked at me and winked. He said, I'm going to get you. I said, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you wanted to know what 45 was, man. Yeah. You couldn't let him sneak up on you, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, your favorite memory, you can have, favorite memory at Clemson and favorite memory at, in the NFL? Favorite memory of Clemson uh, was 86, beating Georgia in Georgia. David Treadwell kicked the field goal uh, as time was running out. That was a big game for us. Uh, it was a game on, um, uh, on on ABC, national television. Right. That, that was a huge game for us. That was my favorite, uh, favorite uh, memory of a big game there. And I'm sure college, NFL yeah. it had to be... One of the Super Bowls, I'm thinking. Yeah, NFL was the Super Bowl, man, no doubt. And, you know, both of them. You know, the first one, of course, was just unbelievable. And then, you know, being able to come back and do it again uh, in New Orleans and just enjoy that that entire journey, that entire process of just being in that, that atmosphere, that element, the, the preparation in the locker room with um, those guys, that organization. Uh, tremendous, tremendous memories and, um, uh, you know, things to put in your toolkit that you can, that's that you right. can use. That's right. Right. Uh, it's funny you say that. That's just one of the things we talk about uh, at our team. Put it in your toolkit and, and, and use it. You know, something you can right, use. Exactly. Well, exactly. well, Mr. Flagler, I'm not going to take up any more of your time, man. This, we've been talking for an hour, and it feels like I've been talking to you for about 30 minutes. The time's gone by so quick. I could talk all night about this stuff, and, uh, man, I, I have enjoyed this so much. Thank you so much for taking time out to, to be on the show with us. We really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it a lot. Thanks for uh for, for, for having me on. And, uh, we'll have to get together again. We'll talk football since we're we're both coaching. Someday you can get together and uh, talk shop. Hey, that, that, that sounds great to me. Anytime you want to talk, I'm, I'm, I'm here. We'll talk. That'll work. All Appreciate right. it. All right, guys, that is Terrence Flagler on the final score.